to Life in the Land of the Ice and Snow. My name is Heather, and today I'm here with my co-hosts, Diego and Shana. You almost had like a, like a new name, like Shiego or something. Shiego and Diana. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. Uh, today, our guest is Thomas, who lives in Uppsala, because we needed to get out of this whole Stockholm thing and explore some people from some other cities. We didn't go very far, as Uppsala is only an hour north, but hey, it's... Not it's Stockholm. not Stockholm. So, welcome, Thomas. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Well, um, why don't we start with asking why you came to Sweden and where you're from originally? Oh, big questions. The ones I get every, pretty much every time I meet anyone here. Um, <laughs> well, I'm from, I was born in Buffalo, New York, which is on the far side of the state from the big city, New York City. Mm-hmm. And um, I came to Sweden because I had a child with a Swedish woman. All right. That's a good enough reason, I guess. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Did you have a child in the States or over here in Sweden? It was, all of it came over here in Sweden, but uh, (laughs) it was, um, I met her in, um, online. We were, had had hobbies in common and I, we met online and then we met in the United States and then we lived together for a while and then she had to come back here and I don't know how far I should go into the child thing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how mature your audience is. I'm not sure. (laughs) No, it's it's fine. But uh, Buffalo, so you're right across from Niagara Falls, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, really right across from Fort Erie, Ontario. Very small town. Huh, yeah. um, okay. And about half an hour from the falls and about an hour from Toronto. Wow. So mm. you're you're almost Canadian. You're like a I'm border. a quarter Canadian. My, my grandmother was Canadian. All right. But this you, is why I like you, right? Like you're a quarter well, Canadian. <laughs> but I like your accent a lot. Like, I cannot... Is it a Buffalo accent? Not really. Buffalo is part of that swath of the United States where you have that kind of mid-Atlantic, no-accent accent. Mm-hmm. So, um, And I think maybe with a touch of Canadian. I used to talk a lot more Canadian because I spent a lot of my youth in Canada, and my best friends were Canadian, and they ah. taught me how to be polite. That was... <laughs> That, that's why you brought us pastries today before you came. It's, yeah. I like this. More Canadians, please. More Canadians. <laughs> can, I just, Canadians. can I say something? It was not for everyone, the pastries. That, the but pastries. that was because you did not get the correct information. I didn't know how many people Plus would be also here. was late. So anyway, See, so it, it good intentions, yes. bad information, but we're good. And I'm happy because I got a pastry. Well, I'm guilty now. I feel <laughs> terribly guilty. That's a Canadian part of me. Exactly. I feel terribly guilty. <laughs> Right. So when you came to Sweden, did you first go to Uppsala or did you start out somewhere else? No, no. I've been to Uppsala since I got here seven years ago. Um, that's where my uh, ex Sambo lived. Mm-hmm. And we went there. Uh, after a tour of Sweden, we, <laughs> she ran me through all the sites and little towns and slots here and there. But yeah, I've been living in Uppsala since then. Wow. Well, that's really good that you went around because I think part of my problem is I've been here for so long and I actually have not been around so many parts of Sweden. So I think it's a good way to do it when you first come to kind of get an idea of... Well, I mean, I I took two trips here before I moved here. And um, so I got ran around the tourist sites then. And then when I moved here, we kept going on the weekends to see different things. Um, I don't even know where I've been. I've been to too many places. (laughs) They all run together after a while. But do you have a favorite that sticks out? Um, you know, the one I have to say is rock lobster, <laughs> which is schlock, schlock, schlock. I can't say the Swedish word, but I just started calling it rock lobster. It's not too far from here. It's, it's a castle. Um, schlock. Skuklaster. Yes. Thank ah. you. Yes. 
I just went there for the first time this summer. Mm-hmm. It is beautiful. It's mm-hmm. an old castle in Baroque style, and yeah. it's the kind interior of... is quite a tour. Yes, yes. I got to see. It was um, still some restrictions, so I only got to see one floor, I think. But a beautiful place, but really out. It takes a while to get there. You don't think it's that far, but then you get mm-hmm. off the highway, and it's in, like twenty Winding more minutes roads, down yeah. those roads. That's well, a beautiful where, drive. Where, where is this? I never been there. Out my way of town. So, so it's. North of Stockholm, uh, not too far from Sigtuna, maybe? No, I don't think it is. So it's between Sigtuna and Uppsala, basically. Yeah, it's kind of like inland a little. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Rock they, lobster. They do on Love the... Love to rock. <laughs> no, you won't forget it. You won't forget it. Exactly. Yeah, the rock lobster. Rock lobster. <laughs> I hate to start that, but it just it stuck in my mind. It reminded me of that song, Rock Lobster. Yeah, of course. That, um, that's actually an easier way to say it. And mm. Shana knew what you were talking about. Well, you, so. exactly. I don't know if you ever played like, uh, what is it? Balderdash or mm-hmm. gibberish or stuff where you have to like figure out the difference of what it no, is. No, but I, I do the same that. thing in Sweden. I make up words to help me remember stuff mm. or else I will never remember the Swedish word. Do like? you have another example? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> it will come. It'll come. It will come. Knista. I think it was Nista. Mm-hmm. Yes. I remember that one by thinking about knives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there might be many more, but I can't dig them on my brain. I have that one in Spanish, so it's a bit different. Like tumba means tomb in Spanish. Yeah. It's a bit weird. But that's Ooh, not so hard, right? Kind of spooky, though. Yeah, but it's, it's weird to live in tomb. No? Yeah. That's the problem with a lot of these places in our different languages, wherever we come from, is some of them are quite... Sometimes they're inappropriate. Sometimes they're just creepy. Or I tell Mons all the time when I see like strange street names or people's odd last names, I'll be like, well, thank God we didn't live on that street. I couldn't have told anybody. And yeah. I said we also couldn't live in Aspudin. Why not Aspudin? Because it's ass pudding. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't say it properly. <laughs> but you know, like living in a different country, and and also where I grew up, like we had Cockburn. Like it's spelled Ouch. Cockburn, but it's pronounced Coburn. Are we gonna yeah. Are we gonna bleep that? Do we have to? That's no, I'm no, it's our real name. Rooster Roosterburn. Come on, everybody! Everybody's been to London, right? And you're like Cockfosters. But Uppsala. When you pronounced Uppsala, actually, I don't know. How do you say it? You said Uppsala. Now I feel like I'm on. No, no, on but I don't. I don't know. I don't know if you pronounce it the, because I. I think it's Uppsala. But Uppsala. Uppsala. Yeah. Uppsala. But you said Uppsala. <laughs> no, but that's, no, I don't think I said. Yes, Uppsala. but that. But that's how. That's how. Uh, that's how Germans. It's like a German expression to say like oops. Sala. <laughs> no, but they, they say Uppsala to say like, oh, so like they dropped some tea or something. I have. They say Uppsala. This is the title of this episode. All right. <laughs> well, I, I I pronounce different Swedish words differently every time I say them. So I, I'm not going to, I, I just change them because I don't remember. So it's kind of, um, I get a lot of laughter whenever I try to pronounce a Swedish word. Everyone just looks at me and laughs and then it's like, well, I got that one wrong. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll not, never say that word again as long as I live. Yep. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. That's how I feel with a lot of things. If if I just get met with silence or a laugh, then it's like, okay, I'm no, I'm not doing this again. No, I don't even bother. I was at the store the other day, and I scanned something. And I scanned twice, and so I call, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the I don't know what you call them, the the cashier, but they don't really work at a cashier. They're wandering store mm-hmm. people. Yes. Over, <laughs> and I said, um, um, Tavo, and she goes, "It got charged twice, right?" And I go. <laughs> 
Yes. Um, okay, no problem. It's like, I didn't even pass like one Swedish word before <laughs> she just gave up on me and decided to go right to English. And that's pretty much the way it always is. Yeah, I, I encounter that quite a lot. It's, mm. yeah, and I'm always thinking, what gave me away? My horrible <laughs> accent my... gives me away every time. It's yeah. like, I have no, I can't say a single Swedish word without an accent. No matter how hard I practiced, it always came out like when you hear a French person speak English. You know, it's just like you, you know that French. Yeah. yeah. But you, you came here when you were how old? 46. So, I mean, I don't blame you. Like, it's hard. I mean, it's not because it's just like unnecessary sometimes. I know because you asked on LinkedIn, I think, about if you need to have Swedish for yeah. some positions. So, Arbitz for Middlingen put in a study just recently to say that they need uh, Swedish employers to stop having Swedish as a requirement. Mm -hmm. Because there's just labor shortage. And so mm. I posted and said, uh, I say this to a lot of the employers in my network, do you really need like Swedish required or can you have limited to no Swedish? And it's not a language thing. Like I'm all in for learning the language. But I think, yeah, you wrote and you said like, you know, this is your fourth language. Exactly. Like after your, so, I mean, if you, if you come here as 15, 16, even in your 20s, you might have time to learn it properly and pronounce all these things. But when you're in your 30s and... I had already Italian. I was, and my ex-girlfriend was German, so I was mixing these two things. I studied Chinese for three years. I'm like, I cannot get this in properly in two years and work with it. Yeah. You know, because those are the terms specific for what I do. So I, I'm going back to the thing. But then there's other people that can do it, right? There's other people that can come here and learn the language fluently. Yes, and I'm like, yes, damn yes. you. Exactly. Well, to your point, like, you came here that old, like, it's hard to learn a language that properly. Old. It was but, always hard for me. But it's true. I mean, in the United States, most people don't even realize there are other languages. <laughs> I mean, it's true. You know, like, they just don't even know. Like, they don't go outside the state borders. You know, they don't realize, you know, well, it's Canada. They speak English. Every country has to speak English. <laughs> Without realizing why the French is on the Canadian packages as well. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I, I took Spanish when I was at, in junior high school. Mm -hmm. Years of Spanish. Terrified me. It was the worst time I ever had. I was scared constantly. I didn't want to open my mouth. When I opened my mouth, everyone laughed at me. It's like here. Um, <laughs> and they uh, will laugh with J-A-J-A -A -A, not H-A-H-A -A. <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> ha ha no, yeah ha ha but are um, you to the point where you can read and understand Swedish a little bit I'm, I'm just really bad with languages I'm, I have ADHD and I'm also my brain's about the size of a peanut and um, <laughs> so I never could pick up languages and I just can't remember a thing I took SFE twice mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I went to the Volksuniversität once for a paid course I got out and you know what I could ask for Nothing at all. I just really, <laughs> I never got any of the languages. No, nothing stuck. And, uh, you know, of course, Uppsala is a university town. So mm -hmm. everyone yes. wandering around is speaking pretty much English. Mm -hmm. And like I said, you go to the store, you try a Swedish word, and they say, oh, just speak English, please give me a break. And my Sambo spoke English to me because it was easier to talk in English than have me stare at her constantly, not knowing what she's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I never, I never picked... I, I can read. Of course, I can read enough to go to the store. Mm -hmm. I can see signs. I know what some words are. You know, I, I feel terrible about myself. After seven years, you think I'd be able to say more than what's your name <laughs> or I'm from the USA. But you know, that's the first thing they tell you in, in SFE. Don't feel bad. It took me almost five years until I could understand people mm -hmm. like fully. Oh, and I, then it's, it's still, you know, it makes me very tired to talk for like an hour mm. or even listen yeah, it, lazy. it wears me out <laughs> i'm terribly lazy so i don't like to get tired um <laughs> no, but that's the thing you don't have enough time 
I mean, that's the only thing. Like, you're, we're already working. Yeah. Well, I was raising a small child at the beginning. Exactly. <laughs> and I was a stay-at-home parent, so I won't spend a lot of time at home. So it's really not like I can get mm-hmm. out and talk to Swedes. You know, it's, so it's, it's kind of an isolating environment. But this is the thing that we do as internationalists. We start to like sort of make apologies for the fact that mm-hmm. we might not. Like I, uh, you, it's like buying a carton of milk. You know, it has an expiry date. In Sweden, we have three years. And if you don't know fluent Swedish by mm. three years, you're kind of like you're spoiled milk. That's been my experience. Yeah, mine too. Is read, people really get on your case. Yeah. I read like, this great oh, post yeah. by a woman who runs the English Writers Workshop here every year. Mm. Um, Catherine. Catherine, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. She's been a guest on our podcast. Oh, really? Yes. She wrote this great post a few years ago. I don't know her, but somehow I read it. I don't know. I don't think we were friends on Facebook. She must have posted it to one of the Americans in Sweden things. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it was just this great screed about, I've been here 20 years, I can't speak Swedish, get used to it, and respect me. And that, <laughs> and in summary, that was it. But she did it much better than I just said. Oh my God, if you should yeah. that one up. Because I think, uh, you know, that's um, probably a really good point to a lot of us is that we do feel guilty and we need mm-hmm. to, it's okay. Like, you know, it's okay to not speak Swedish if that's your choice and you can explain mm-hmm. to people in a very diplomatic way so you're not offending somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the Canadian in me, not wanting to offend yeah. everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's it's tough, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I do feel guilty. And at the same time, I wonder if there's a little bit of resentment in me about the language. Because, you know, Sweden chose me. I didn't really choose Sweden. On the list of countries I wanted to move to, Sweden mm-hmm. was not even on the list. And I had a long list. <laughs> I mean, you know, my list went to the floor, but I would have had like another few reams of paper before I got to Sweden. <laughs> And uh, so here I am in Sweden. Everyone thought it was hilarious because I always wanted to move warmer places. <laughs> in the U.S., I started in Buffalo, which is very worse winters in Stockholm. Definitely. And colder weather. Really nasty place. And then I wound up in Cleveland. And then I wound up, you know, I kept moving to cold places. And no, we're done. So then we went down <laughs> to Memphis. And then we went to Virginia. And I was like, this isn't bad. And then life changes. And I went up back up north again. But, you know, everyone thought it was hilarious. Like, you always wanted to be in a warm place. I talked about moving to the Philippines. And I kept, <laughs> yeah, that was on top of my list. Yeah. And, um, but now I'm in Sweden. And everyone, when I said I'm moving to Sweden, everyone looked at me and goes, first, what? And then second, <laughs> it's cold. And I said, I know, I know. <laughs> any of us here at the table, did any of us expect to end up living in Sweden? No. No. Mm-hmm. No, me neither. I remember my first date with my husband and him drawing Sweden on a map. <laughs> For me, because I was like, where? Sweden? Switzerland? What? But when you did come to Sweden, what were some of the things that you noticed at first that seemed odd to you or didn't make any sense? Or did you make any cultural mistakes? Not really. Sweden seemed really, really not odd when I moved here. I mean, I saw English on advertisements. Everyone Mm. spoke English. You know, and of course, I kind of zone out in, in the U.S., wherever I lived, I, I zoned out a bit. So I didn't really listen to people on the streets either. So it was just easier for me not to listen to people because they didn't speak <laughs> in my language. It's mm-hmm. like, I can ignore people and feel totally cool about it. It's great. But um, no, it was really how much in common with the U.S., especially the cultural thing, how U.S. culture permeates Sweden. I, I like cars. I like old American cars. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, everyone, I don't have to tell anyone here that old American cars are a huge thing in Sweden. Yes. So I could go to car shows. I could see the cars I remember when I was a kid. I could talk cars with people. And that was part of it. And then it just grew that I realized there's a lot of culture. A lot of Swedish culture has been, well, may ruined by the U.S., I'm not sure. But it was um, not such a hard fit for me. That's, that's culturally. Socially, mm, you know, it's always t- tough. 
Of course. Yeah, I think we all encounter that. Can I but. tell a random social story that we were talking about earlier? Um, but the funny thing is how we became friends, right? Oh, yes. That's a good story. I mean, I've got a lot of interesting, bizarre Swedish stories. Not so much about how bizarre Sweden is, but the bizarre things that happen when you move to another country. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is one of them. Uh, so my, my example, we're, we're partnered up with two good friends. Um, she has a house up north outside of Javle, um, actually outside of Sandvik. And if you keep going west of, of Javle, you get to it. It's called Gastriki Hammerby because it's not the Hammerby here. It's a town of 500 people. And it, it's a very interesting town due to the architecture. But I won't talk about that. But I will say that I was home one day and on one of the American Facebook um, sites, someone said, does anyone know about Hammerby? I think you said, because we're getting a house up there. And I go, really? Because there's 500 people in Hammerby and I never expected to ever see a person that spoke English, you know, as a first language there. And I thought, that's pretty cool. So I got in touch with her and said, yeah, I've been in Hammerby a little bit. We got a, kind of a vacation house up there. And that's how we met. And it was just really a small world. And then she's Canadian. And I said, I know Canada. That's a big <laughs> thing up above where I live. <laughs> yeah. So it's like the power of random, like, you know, posting. You never know who you're going to meet through. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Well, you know, you make connections. The expatriates or immigrants, whatever you want to call them, there's always a debate about that, <laughs> whether <laughs> we always band together in a way because everyone feels out of sorts, out of you know, fish out of water. So and especially in a college town, you find everyone, you meet lots of people from other countries and they all share the same thing with you. I'm in Sweden, what the hell? Kind yeah. of that, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. please help me, I don't know what I'm doing here. And so you all band together and you meet a lot of different people from different countries, it's cool. Do you want to hear a funny story? Yes. Because you asked me about this story. How I got to Sweden. We talked earlier. You know, I came on a Sambo um, residency permit. And because I met my Sambo in the United States and we had a kid, and it's like I have to come here because the kid's going to be here. And it's hard to ship them back and forth in little packages. <laughs> Even if you get airfare for them, you know, they put them in that little cargo hold. It's cold. <laughs> um, you can't do that. So I came here. But before I did that, I had to go and do all the paperwork. And this is seven, year, oh, eight years ago, I guess now, before you know, the big wave of immigration that caused the controversy and they tightened mm-hmm. things up. So it wasn't too hard. But I was really freaked out. You know, I'm reading up on, you know, what should I know? You know, I'm talking to my Sambo and she's saying, we have to know each other really well. I'm going to tell <laughs> yes. you everything about me. You tell me everything about you. All what right. shoe size are you? And I go, oh, geez, I can't remember. But um, so we, we tried to buff up on it all the day came right we put the paperwork in it got accepted we get you know the the swedish government response i have to visit someone in the united states right do a personal interview so i thought oh am i gonna go to washington or maybe chicago at the time i lived in michigan Mm -hmm. i lived in outside of ann arbor michigan which is um kind of uh is the hammerby of michigan (laughs) <laughs> it's bigger okay. it's about an hour from Detroit but it's a college town much like Uppsala so mm-hmm. I moved from college town to college town and it's about um, you know it's a small college town and it's n- not really anywhere it's in the middle of, the middle of Michigan and I thought I'd have to go somewhere far away and I thought ooh can I, have, can I afford a train should I take a plane I'm, I've got all these great things I can stay at a hotel I can have a nice dinner I can get drunk before I do this so I don't feel so embarrassed and like nervous so I'm making all these kind of uh, these these kind of imaginative ideas about what's going to happen, and so I get, you know, I look up where I have to go, and it turns out um, I lived in a town outside of Ann Arbor called Saline, and not Saline, although it's spelled the same, mm. because they found salt there, but no one calls it Saline because that 
is embarrassing. Celine <laughs> is not embarrassing. <laughs> I was a nice town. And I thought, oh, I have to drive, I guess. And then I get the paperwork back and I look at, find a location near you. And I look and I type in, I don't know, Detroit. And then it pops up, Celine, Michigan is a consulate mm, for Sweden. Wow. Of course, the closest Michigan. one. And I, I, I looked again. This is like a town of like 5,000 people. <laughs> Why would a consulate be in Celine? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have no idea. So I, I double check, I triple check. Quadruple check. It's, that's true. I look it up on Google Maps and I find where it is. It's only about half an hour from where I, I'm living right now. Th- this can't be true. This is like <laughs> as easy as it can be. I can drive there and say, you know, so I make an appointment and online email the person. They say, please come this day. I do. I drive out there and it's really out in the country. I mean, there's farms here and there. I have to go down this road. It's kind of gravelly and I get to another turn off. I'm like checking my Google Maps and trying not to hit trees. And um, I s- turn down the road and I get at the end of the road. It's like a 60s ranch style house. But on the front next to the door is the big Swedish royal kind of <laughs> seal thing. And I, this is bizarre. Is this yes. a joke? I'm thinking that maybe I'm on TV. I'm looking at my <laughs> hidden cameras. No. And so I park and I'm looking and saying, this is it? This is a Swedish consulate? And I walk up to the door, knock on the door, and then there's barking. Like a huge dog is barking at me. It's just barking, 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 barking. And I'm knocking and ringing going, this is weird. Do they have like official consulate guard dogs? Do I need, do I need personal protection from this? No. And a woman opens the door. This giant white like, um, um, German shepherd is like on a leash. Like, so it's getting weirder and weirder. And then she goes, quiet, quiet. And she takes the dog. Oh, he's fine. He won't hurt you. Meanwhile, his teeth are like, <laughs> look like they'd like to dig into my calf. Um, so I'm like really nervous now. Now yes. we have a personal interview. There's this giant, this giant monster dog that wants to eat me. Um, so I go in there and it's a woman. Um, you know, I read up the name of the guy and this is not a guy for one thing. So who is this woman? And she brings me in and says, hi, are you here for the interview? Yes. Oh, great, great. Come into the office. And I walk into this like home office. You know, it's like, it's got like an ancient printer, you know, a PC from 1982. And it's, you know, it's just a, every kind of home office, like the Brady Bunch would have one of these if they still were around. And I walk, and I sit down, he goes, oh, hi, I'm, I forgot her name now, but she says, I, my husband's a consulate, but I'll be doing your interview. And I go, really? Okay. <laughs> and then we talk a little bit about our husband. Yeah, he's an engineer. He works in Detroit and, you know, he does trade things with Detroit and Sweden. So apparently that's why he's in that, that location. She goes, but he's he's out of he's out of the country, you know, like, not out of the country, out of the state doing some work right now. So I'll interview. And I sit down waiting for the big questions. He pulls up the computer screen, looks at it, and so what's your name? Okay. You wanna go to Sweden? <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, I, I have a sample there and, and I'm having a child with her. That's great. I'm so happy for you. Okay, well that was a nice interview. Um I hope you have a good time in Sweden. <laughs> and I, I go you need any more information? Oh, yeah. Can, can I know your address? I want to put... Okay. We'll, we'll mail you some stuff. Don't worry about it. And like, that was it. And then, of course, she has to get that giant, huge, slobbering dog away from the door because he's waiting for me to leave <laughs> so he can eat me. And I, I walk out and go back to my car and it's like, it's under half an hour and I'm all done with this nervous interview I did. And I got my sample residency. It wasn't very eventful. I went back and I think I... I think I went back to work that day. But, um, <laughs> Just like, okay, I'm moving to Sweden. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> but th- that was a good impression of Sweden. I really, 
I heard Sweden was very bureaucratic, and it, it is in some ways, but that was a pretty... But it's also mm-hmm. down-to-earth and laid-back, yeah. and I think that's a pretty good example yeah. of I mean, now it's probably sense. a lot harder. I admit now it's... They really of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and then from, from that interview, like how many weeks? From that day, it was like a month, three months, six months? I don't remember. Here? I remember it this way. I got a call one day I was in a bar, my local bar, which I really miss local bars in Sweden because you get to be a regular and you have friends there. And Sweden's not so much like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there, I got a call. Hey, you're going to be a dad. And then there was a week of me being in a complete state of panic and, and uh, denial and a shock, really. And then one day I realized I was wearing my clothes for five days in a row and I'd better get a grip. Then I started making plans. And that's when we started putting the paperwork together. And then after that, it all just rushed. Moving all your stuff, well, getting rid of most of your stuff mm-hmm. and then moving. That's the big thing about going from, well, I moved already twice in two years, like in two years at that point. So I really reduced my stuff down to what I thought was not much. And then I was trying to plan to move. And first I had to quit my job, mm-hmm. which was a week of everyone looking at me and thinking I was insane. A week of them trying to talk me out of it. Then a week of them accepting. And then a week asking me, can I have your desk? Um, <laughs> and so that happened. And then uh, luckily my family had, I had no family really. My mother and father passed away. So I didn't have that, a lot of people had that problem with family. I have never had that problem because, well, you know, I'm last of the line. But um, no, my son is not. Yeah, not anymore. That's yeah, right. Strangers, yeah. But it was um, within the same year, basically. Like, within the same year. Yeah. Six months, let's say. Yeah, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty fast. pretty average, yeah. I'm trying to think. She just, you know, yeah, under six months. Because I got to Sweden about a month and a half before my son was born. Okay. So you work in the pregnancy period. That's a good frame of reference because I just don't remember anything. It was quite, um, yeah, you know, it was quite a shock. And then... Uh, moving is just always a pain. If you move across the street, it's a pain. Yeah. Moving across the ocean, it was awful. I, I tried to reduce my stuff, and then I still had so much more than I ever expected to have. What's this? Do I need this doily? No, I don't need this doily. <laughs> have this doily. I give it away to my friends, and I'm visiting the houses, unpacking my car and the porches. Here's that you know, 1990 typewriter you wanted, right? 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 <laughs> no? Okay, well, take it anyway. And then, of course, I had to find international shipping. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, to cut the long story short, because I don't, we don't have all that time, but uh, after I was here for about six, I came with a suitcase. I lived here about a year on that suitcase because of shipping problems. Oh. And when I finally got the shipping container in, I went and looked at it, and the only thing I got was my car and a mattress on top of the car. Apparently, they... Couldn't fit all in one shipping container, although they charged me for only one. And then I, because I I was tuned in on this by someone saying, oh, what about your other shipping container one day when I was emailing back and forth with the company? I said, what other shipping container? (laughs) I paid for one. He said everything could fit into one. No, no. We still got your shipping container. It's in Detroit. It's been a year. How can you have my shipping container and not tell me about it? So all my other stuff got here about two years after I moved. <laughs> wow. And then you realized, well, I didn't year and need a half. this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this, you know, move, moving is tough. Well, we should talk just briefly about Uppsala because we haven't discussed it very much. Uh, most people know that it's a college town and uh, sure. about 30 minutes by train from about Stockholm. 30 minutes by the fast train, 45 minutes by SL. Okay. Uh, the SL is the Pendeltog? The yeah, Pendeltog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has a lot of stops. Mm. <laughs> a lot of stops. So if uh, somebody wanted to visit Uppsala, where would you tell them to There's only two places, out? really, that everyone tells everyone to visit two places. The cathedral, mm-hmm. which is very impressive, and then um, Gamla Uppsala, mm-hmm. where they have the big mounds that they found some dead bones in. The bones <laughs> laying there from ancient Norse gods. I have no idea really what's <laughs> up there. 
We also have the um, Linnaeus Gardens. There's a lot of Linnaeus up there because he was a professor at Uppsala University, Mm -hmm. and he did a great, you know, great bit of work in categorizing different plant species and doing all that stuff. And he's he's famous to scientists in that area. To me, his name's on a lot of stuff, but I'm not smart enough to know exactly what he did. (laughs) He named all the things, no? All flowers. And animals as well. An We've named a lot yeah. of them. I don't think all of them because yeah, mostly we got them, to like, South America, places like that. No, no, no. But like all the beginning of the like the Latin things, like let's say wolf, what type of lupus. Genus and really? yeah. That he, was the, the classification well. system. He developed. Exactly. Yes, classification system. Um, Linnaeus had um, there's a garden there. Linnaeus uh, Gardens, of course, they're beautiful, not very big. But he also had um, he has a Linnaeus Hammerbee, not the same Hammerbee. <laughs> that we met at, but a different one. That's his like farmhouse on the country. That's very pretty. Oh. Um, it's just uh, 15 or 20 minutes outside of Uppsala if you drive. Maybe less. And huh. that's pretty. Then he's got Linnaeus Trails because he walked mm. a lot. You see pictures of him. He looks kind of chubby. If I walked as much as he did, I would have looked, I'd be skinny now because he's, <laughs> there's trails all over Uppsala, Linnaeus Trails. He used to, because he used to like to look at the flora and fauna, mm-hmm. he'd go for walks. He'd take his students on walks. So they have a lot of trail systems there called Linnaeus Trails and they're always very pretty to walk. I have one more Uppsala, but I think I mentioned it at some point on the podcast. Thing. It might be at the cathedral, but I'm not sure. The oldest map from Mexico City is in Uppsala. Really? Yeah, yeah that's probably in the library. Oh, it's in the library, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's University Library. Well, we always cover Swedish problems. We talk about things that are sometimes just related to problems you have in Sweden. Sometimes they're a bit more international. Do you have anything that you consider to be a Swedish problem for you? So I've got two Swedish problems that are holiday-related. The first is I've got a Swiss drumming party coming up at the end of this month. And I'm uh, not... What party? Swiss drumming. Okay. The, and that is like the rotted herring. Fish. Yeah. It's rotted herring. But this is not the time of year for that. I so. don't know, but I've had two Swiss drumming parties, and they both were in November. So I'm wondering if... I was, I was thinking to myself, is this, now, is this a holiday thing? I had no idea. I think it's a practical joke. <laughs> No. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I think they started doing this uh, because w- I've had some. I didn't have any, but I've been invited to Krefuivas, and there was a Sue Stormy party close to us. So I think it's a new trend. Okay. Stop it this year, yeah, this year I've heard of many of these ones. So it's we a bit don't need more of these parties. No. Yeah. Maybe in the when it's cold and it's in the winter, the smell doesn't get out as much. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, I didn't even realize there were two kinds of herring: there's sil and strumming. And it depends on what part of the country you fish at, mm-hmm. what they're called. And north it's strumming, and it's sealed farther down at the bottom. Mm-hmm. There's something, there's a Swedish fact. But so I got invited to this party. It's like the second one I've been invited to, same place, so actually same people. And uh, once again, it's like at the end of the month, before December. And I'm thinking, why? Is this a, is this a holiday thing? And I'm going to have to do this all the time when <laughs> Christmas comes around? I, you know, I, I go for the snops, not for the fish, though. <laughs> and then I drink a lot of the snops so I can take a tiny, tiny, tiny bite of the fish. And that's, um, that's my party. And the other thing is the stars. You know how in Sweden they hang up stars, lit stars? Mm-hmm. For Christmas, For right, Christmas, in yeah. everybody's window. Everyone, I mean everyone. Stores yes. have them, apartments have them, houses have them, toilets outside. They wind up putting one inside so you can see, you know, <laughs> you go to the public toilet and the stars staring at you. It's very scary. Um, but, uh, so... Two years ago, maybe no, may a year and a half ago, whatever, the Christmas before the one coming up, we had stars up. And I inherited the place that me and my, my um, Sambo lived. I bought it, actually, so I now, I never had to move. This is the best <laughs> thing that ever happened. I just bought the place. I'm still there. Other than I'm dealing with not only my own stuff, but her stuff, 
that's been packed in all the closets, so I won't go over there. You know, I left the stars up because I'm American and I'm lazy. You know, in America, I left Christmas ornaments up, you know, for like six months of the year. I left the, you know, the lights on, just unplug them. There's still there. Yeah. It's yep. a lot less work the next year. So the stars are in my place. And so every time my ex visits or, you know, she goes, why are the stars up? <laughs> They're going to think you're crazy. <laughs> No one does that in Sweden. And because I'm like high class, I'm like, I don't care. I don't care what people think about me. But then you think a neighbor's going to think like, oh, maybe he's not okay. Like, as in, that you might dead? have passed out. Exactly. Like, oh, it's I might have died. <laughs> you hear stories, someone died. And they found someone died like a year ago in Sweden in some place. And he had automatic payment. You know, Sweden's all on automatic payments, right? No money, no currency. So you can actually die and have all your bills paid for like a few years and no one's going to know. So there you go. Maybe I did die. Maybe this is all a weird afterlife. Maybe wow. you just keep that star up to make sure that people will come and check on you to see if you're alive. Mm. Hey, it's not Christmas time anymore. So So that's that's my my fight against Sweden is leaving my stars up all year long. That's you know, I'm establishing like myself it. as not Swedish because I'm going to make a fool of myself. Yep. And I'll be proud of it. So there you go. Well, thank you so much for coming to talk to thank us you. today. It's been a lot of fun. and We need to make an ending. Yeah. We're going to say Slut. Oh, did you hear the story about Slut? <laughs> did you hear the story about it? <laughs> is this, 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 no? This the I was going to tell you the story. <laughs> this is a great story. You know, the, uh, John Steinbeck wrote The Grapes of Wrath. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know that, that's a famous American yeah. li- piece of literature. So... For years and years, the first the manuscript, his handwritten manuscript of the Grapes of Wrath, has been kicking around Steinbeck archives and people have been looking at it. It's got all those notes and scrawls and scratches. It's really a cool historic piece. At the very end, on the last page, in red pencil, is written slut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. Slut in red pencil. And none of the Steinbeck experts, historians, no one could explain why slut was at the end of his book. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And they thought his wife was kind of a card. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they thought maybe she was had a joke about one of the characters in the book. She thought there was a, she was a slut and decided to make a comment at the end. But it didn't make much sense. Well, it turns out Steinbeck had Swedish friends. And he had visited Sweden the year before he wrote the book. Mm-hmm. And his wife and him visited them. And they had some Swedish friends in the U.S. too, I think. And it turns out no one realized the slut was what they put at the end of the books in Sweden. And movies because and it means else. end it in means Swedish. End. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, am I correct in thinking they didn't figure this out until this year? This year. Mm-hmm. This year. <laughs> That's really interesting. 1938, they wrote it. And it took that this long before anyone... Wow. They all just thought somebody who had a really dirty sense of humor. <laughs> wow. That is a great way to end this episode. That's a great way. Uh, so this episode salute. is... Salute. salute. <laughs>